The TV show is now available on Amazon, running the Triple Crown. Ryan Clayton and I collaborated on this project. Six episodes, they're all available now on Amazon, so check that out if you get a chance. Three, two, one. Hi, this is Ray Simons, and you're listening to the Training for Ultra podcast. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. A great cause. Oh, thanks. Man. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. Jam Jam, Jamel Curry here from Air Viper Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hi, this is Alex Nichols. Uh, welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. Right now, I'd say that my beers per day is still higher than my miles <laughs> per day that I'm running. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast. Welcome to episode 141 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a really great episode. We talked to Ray Simons from 509 pounds down to winning just this weekend a 12-hour endurance race and it sounds like he's won some other races too so just a really inspiring episode i can't wait to share it with you guys big thank you to hammer nutrition if you haven't tried them out feel free to use my referral code promo code 2528888 to save 15 percent off your first order i just tried out some exoskin socks they sent me some fresh ones oh my gosh uh Definitely check out Exoskin, check out the show notes for a discount code, and I just, I forgot what a fresh pair of Exoskins feels like. I mean, I've had some since Moab 240 of 2018 that I still wear, but nothing like getting a fresh pair, Uh, so big thanks to Croy for sending those out, but they got a bunch of different color options now, and I got some... It's weird to get excited about white socks because I haven't worn white running socks, I think, basically ever. But check them out. They have just high-quality all-around gear. Big thank you to Kogala. I've gotten a lot of requests on what light do I recommend during just big efforts, 24 hours, 48 hours, multi-day type efforts. And Kogala is what I personally favor I mean, it's kind of earth shattering when you put a Kogala light on a waist belt and you can move your head around during the nighttime, but the settings of that light can get so bright that it's kind of game changing. It it changes your mental attitude at night a lot of times and really helps you see on technical terrain. Can't recommend them enough. I'm thankful they're a sponsor for sure, but I would, it's hard to not use a Kogala light after you use that one honestly. Big thank you to Destination Trail. They got a ton of races, virtual races. Um, Listeners should definitely check out if you get a chance. Got those trademark belt buckles at stake. I think they have one of the longest virtual races available. So I know there's been a lot of races canceled this year, but Destination Trail is continuing to put on some really cool virtual races. So check them out. Last but not least, Patreon supporters, Giant Thank you to Brian Sands. He is now um, one of the, the major sponsors within Patreon. Just huge, huge supporter. Richard Murray, too. Both of those guys are just crushing it. I really, really appreciate them. And then still within this big shout-out list, David, Brian, Meg, Landon, Pat, Joseph, Ray, Todd, and... Matthew, you guys are in the shout-out tier. I really, really appreciate you guys. 
And hopefully we can have you all on again, maybe have another Patreon kind of group chat here coming up soon. But regardless, if you're donating a hundred dollars a month or a dollar a month, I mean, it's all going towards inspiring content for you guys. So I really, really appreciate you making this all possible and all work. I'm, I'm joined by Ray Simons. He's a super inspirational ultra runner. I'm very excited to speak with him on this episode. You might have heard him previously on a Patreon-related episode. Also joined by Alyssa Clark, co-hosting again. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Ray, I mean, I've been I've been following your story, I'm not going to lie, since having you on Patreon and realizing, wow, like, you make what I've, like, personally overcome look like a cakewalk. Like, it was uh, mind-blowing to hear what you shared with me on that short, I think it was like a 10 or 15 minute clip. And after this weekend, I had to hear more. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, talk to you. Thanks a lot. I'm excited to be on the show today. So, I mean, if, if the listener hasn't heard you previously on a Patreon only, or I think that was, that was public um, Patreon episode, share with us kind of, a little bit of your running background. Have you always been um, an endurance athlete and talented and winning races? No, far from that. Uh, actually, I've only been running for a little over two years. Um, and, and going back about three years ago, I actually weighed over 500 pounds um, and lost some weight, got down to I've lost a total of about three, uh, 300 pounds um, and started doing some small races. And then, you know, since then I've kind of fallen in love with the world of trail and ultra running. I mean, I, I asked you for a little bit background and in that email or that message, you said at one point you were 509 pounds. Yeah. I mean, take, I, take us back. I want to, I want to like set the stage for this. I, I want to kind of, you know, explain what was going on there. Sure. So growing up, I was always really the, you know, the big guy in the room. I was always overweight, not very athletic at all. Um, and that, you know, through all of childhood, high school, and then, you know, after high school, I kind of quickly got an office job and started wor working full time and just living in that office environment, things got worse and I got bigger and bigger. Um, you know, I got married pretty young, um, and then had two kids and before I knew it I was 34 years old and you know really big and you know started first really started having some medical problems you know right around when I turned 34 um I had been pretty fortunate that you know being as large as I was that I didn't have a lot of medical issues until that time um but I started having some really bad back problems where I you know couldn't walk from my desk at work to my car without having you know pain in my back um and at that point i decided i was gonna go to a doctor and, and see you know what was going on with my back um and kind of my eyes got opened i didn't know how much i weighed at the time because i didn't wait i tried to avoid the doctor at all cost because um, i didn't really want to go pay to have somebody tell me how unhealthy i was um so i tried to avoid that and I, I you know to be honest i lied to myself for a lot of years thinking i was you know i'm gonna i was happy and that you know things were okay and, I, i've been know, there man yeah like like the doctor's telling me about high blood pressure high cholesterol i'm like yeah okay like you just need to fill your book of business like i mean i knew i was like unhealthy but i didn't really take it serious were you kind of in that same same realm yeah i didn't see myself as being as big as i was and i i would remember you know we'd be when i was you know we'd go out walking going to the mall you know shopping i'd see somebody bigger than myself and i'd say oh at least i'm not that big you know if i and I'd, you know say to my wife if i ever get that big let me know um and she would you know she didn't say anything to me about it but and, and like my family would always try to bring it up and say hey we're worried about you but i just kind of tried to 
again, lie to myself and say, you know, it's not that bad or I could always do something about it. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, one of the things that happened right before, um, I decided to go to the doctor was because I had lived in Pennsylvania my whole life and we had relocated to Florida. We finally could take our kids to universal studios and it was the first time we took them. They were all excited. We drove about three hours to get there and, 30 minutes into the trip, we had to leave because I couldn't walk anymore. My back was in that much pain. Um, and my kids were devastated. And, and that really opened my eyes that something, you know, something was wrong. And that what is what motivated me to go to the doctor to see was my back. But what I quickly found out, it wasn't my back, but it was a weight problem that I had. What was now, it? You- what was go it ahead, about... The number like surpassing 500 pounds on the scale and I mean this sounds really weird but most scales probably um, they, they don't really go up over I want to say 300 or 400 um, but what was it about that 509 that that really caused you know it, it sparked something there yeah I mean, as soon as I saw it I got like physically sick to my stomach. Um, and I just remember, you know, the whole visit, like with the doctor and she was a nice person. She didn't give me any major, like life changing advice, but I just remember being like, I have to do something. I can't believe I let it get this bad. I, I thought I was like 375 or, you know, I thought I was in that range. I just didn't. Cause I, like you said, there's no sc- scales, at home don't really go up to 500 pounds um so i just never weighed myself you didn't know what you actually weighed that's that's insane i never thought about that yeah for for years i just and even if i did you know they do make scales that you special skills you can buy that do go up that high but i was again i tried to avoid it because i wanted to you know i didn't want to face the truth i suppose and during this time did you go to physical, like, were you at all physically active? Um, or was that something you just said, ah, not a part of my life? It was not a part of my life at all. I mean, the most activity was going to the grocery store or, you know, my daughter at the time was really involved with karate. Um, she And we, we would take her to tournaments and things to that nature. But, you know, that was about it. I wasn't walking very far, you know, I, get up i'd go to work be um just like not very active lifestyle at all and what did you think of you know if you saw someone out running or kind of the running community what did you think of that (laughs) did you think like all these crazy people in spandex or yeah actually um it's funny i thought this that exactly that you know people runners were crazy people that like to torture themselves and um one of my co-workers you know she was a runner and she'd come in every weekend and talk about the 5k or every monday and talk about the 5k she ran and i'd say you know i just i'd shake my head and walk away and tell her she was crazy so Uh i mean now of all times i want to hear how you did it how you lost the weight. I mean, I think COVID has probably put on 10 pounds on average, probably every person around. Um, COVID-15. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm taking my, my training easier because I know I'm 10 pounds heavier. Um, Ray, how'd you do it? Uh, so what happened is as soon as I left the office, I called my wife and I said, throw, by the time I get home, I want, cause I was on my way to work after the doctor's visit. I said, when I get home tonight, I want all the junk food out of the house. Um, and I started counting calories and I just went to 1200 calories a day, um, between 12 and 1500 calories a day. And I would eat like food that were food that was large in qual- quantity, but not in calories. So like I would have a huge portions of broccoli and like because there's not a lot of calories in broccoli so i would fill myself up with that um you know big portion big salads with just like lettuce and onion and cucumber things that again with no dressing just things that would fill me up and didn't have a lot of calories um and i did that for a few months and within like two months i had lost like 40 pounds because when you're that big when you're that big the calories just come off really quick and I wasn't doing much activity other than just dieting. 
but at that point I kind of I was excited but I you know I didn't want to get too excited because I always had that fear that I would go back to my bad eating habits. So I started looking into gastric bypass and went to a seminar. And, um, you know, I decided at that point it was probably a good decision to make to have the surgery, not to look at it as like a, you know, a magic pill that would make me lose all the weight, but something that would help me and, and utilize it as a tool to restrict how much I could eat if I ever went out, you know, went off the and started eating poorly, I could only have so much of those poor, you know, make those poor choices. But I kind of wanted to stack the deck in my favor and, and double down. But, and when I had this, by the time I had the surgery, which was in September of 2017, I had already lost 90 pounds, um, just by counting calories. How, how were your kids and and wife reacting to your weight loss? I mean, that had to be positive reinforcement i'm guessing or were they not noticing or or what, no, they what were. was that like my, my wife was excellent and she's been a huge you know, very supportive and she's you know always helping with like meal prep and things of those na- that That's nature awesome. so she's been a huge support system for me and then my kids it's funny my son he doesn't really remember me being that big um my daughter she does and i think for her you know, for me, it's important. I want my kids to like be proud of me. And I don't think she, like, I felt when we would go to karate tournaments and things of that nature, she, like, I got to a point where I was worried that she was embarrassed that I was there. Um, so that was another real motivating factor to kind of get healthy and so that my kids again were you know, proud of me and wanted to, you know, be with me. See that. So after the surgery, um, what was the recovery process like, and then how did that lead you into doing backyard, last person standing backyard ultras, 100 milers? I mean, that's a huge jump. Running in Florida? <laughs> yeah, running in Florida, add that into it. <laughs> so, um, the recovery was actually really quick. Um, I, you know, I think I was... I, worked from the, I took a week of PTO from work and then I worked from the home for a week and then I was back in the office. Um, and then it took a couple months, you know, I had the surgery in September and by, you know, April, May, I had already, I started losing quite a bit of weight. I was down to like 275 pounds at that point. Um, so I'd lost, you know, quite a bit of the, the weight and I started, you know, I hit a plateau and decided I didn't want to stop there. Like I was super happy where I was, but I wanted to lose more. So I started going on nightly walks, um, just every night walking one mile, then I'd hit two miles. And then I said, well, let me see if I could run. And I started running a little bit and I would run, you know, a quarter of a mile, walk for a half a mile. And, and you know, I just try to switch that up. And then one did my, the coworker, the same coworker that always was talking about her 5Ks, said, hey, if you're running, you should do do a 5K with me. And I said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll do that. And we picked, we actually picked a 5K that was like two, like a year, almost exactly a year from the day I had surgery. Um, and I ended up finishing it in like 34 minutes. And I just became hooked with, you know, just running and challenging myself. Um, I did like, after that, I was doing 5Ks like every other weekend. You said the same coworker? Yeah, it was the same coworker that you called crazy before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's crazy. But then she later on um, in like February of twenty, I guess it would be twenty nineteen. She had challenged me to do the Gate River Run, which was you know I, she was like, you should do the fifteen k, which the Gate River River Run is like one of the largest fifteen k's in the country. And I I was like, yeah, no, I'll do five k, like. Anything running over three miles to me was like four, and I just thought it would, like I at that time I thought it was crazy, um, but she convinced me to do it, and then I trained for it. And I think that before the 15k, the longest run I had done was like five miles, and I just found that when I was doing the during the race, I was you know towards the last couple miles, I started passing more people. Like I was just able to keep running at the same pace and not drop off. So I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. 
and I kind of came to the conclusion, then at that, almost right around the same time, you know, I think uh, Zach Bitter was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I kind of was hearing about ultra running through that, and then I was looking, I said, I love doing the 15K, I want to do a half marathon, and I started looking, like, the next day, and I couldn't find one. The only thing I could find was a race that was, like, 30 minutes away, it was a 25K called the Angry Tortoise, um, and I was like, I'll do that, it's only a couple more miles and i just fell in love with it they did did a 25k and a 50k and just the environment you know the people were great and i just really loved being out you know in nature and so much more than the roads um and from there it just kind of you know was like a snowball going down a hill i just kind of picked up steam from there oh man once you get onto trails it's like why does anyone run road (laughs) Yeah, I, I have to run road for training, but for, I do too. Uh, my preference is trail. <laughs> Me too. So I know, or I've heard from others, um, and I have an acquaintance that has had the gastric bypass surgery. How do you have to um, change or be more aware of your nutrition and hydration because of that surgery? Yeah, it's definitely it's evolved. Um, at first it was really hard for me because I would, it it, mentally, it was really tough because I was restricting for so long that, you know, I was just in a habit of like, in my mind, mentally, I thought eating is, you know, eating is bad. Don't eat. Um, and I kind of, for a little bit, it really affected my running because I was restricting so much. Um, but then once I started picking up my training and mileage, I decided I had to eat more. Um, but then, you know, with there are some limitations where you're really not supposed to eat, drink while you're eating, um, and things of that nature. So I try to stick to, you know, I eat gels. I can do gels with water and things like that or Gatorade. Um, and that doesn't affect me too badly. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of evolved to where I, I eat a lot of gels because it's just, it's just kind of easy to take down. It's not too big, you know, it doesn't affect my stomach too much. How do you, I mean, so it sounds like uh, Zach Bitter was a bad influence. You started listening to these horrible ultra running related podcasts and it was like all downhill from there or? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a combination. Like I said, I fell in love with the 25K when I ran that. I did, it ended ended poorly the first i'd say the first 11 miles 12 miles was really good and then i you know wasn't taking in any nutrition so i and it was really hot so i ended up kind of walking the last two miles and i got home and i wanted to i was like i want immediately want to try this again and i couldn't find a 25k but i found a 50k um that was pretty close so i signed up for that and then you power yeah, hiked. Just, you power yeah. hiked those last two miles. Come on, it's Ray. It's not walking. It's power yeah. hiking. Ray. Yeah. Power hiked. <laughs> what what 50K did you find? What, what, what 50K did you find? Uh, it was called a Sweat Swat Swear. And it's like the, I swear it's the only ultra in Florida that has any hills because it had some, ele- a little bit of elevation and it, that just destroyed me. Um, so it was fun. I, it took me seven hours to complete. Um, the first half was went really well. The second half went terribly wrong again. Um, but at the end of it, the, like just like many of us, the next day I was on ultra sign up, and I ended up signing up for a fifty miler and a hundred miler, um, which gave me like six, seven months to train. And I kind of immediately started ramping up my mileage on a weekly basis was it almost out of fear like were you questioning yourself whether you could do those distances or was it like did you have confidence that you'd finish yeah i think it was i wanted to i was wanted to improve like i saw the like potential like i saw you know i did well for so many miles if i could just change these few things i think i could do this better um so i I like the challenge of looking at like how can i improve and you know not only do this distance but add on to it and you know just see how far i could go and and challenge myself and and another thing is uh, you know kind of goes back to my kids is i want to kind of show them like 
you can do things that you think at one one time was impossible. You know, exactly. two years ago it was going to be impossible for me to do a 5K, but now I'm running, you know, 50K, and you know I want them to see that because I think that'll encourage them to do things in lives that you know that they don't think is possible. And I I jumped the gun a little bit. I want to hear more about your finish line and your first ultra. I mean, was it emotional or were you so spent after hitting those hills and I want to hear how it felt for you to have become an ultra runner officially. And I mean, it was awesome. I just want to hear the finish line and and kind of that process. It was a really cool weekend. Actually, Um, the whole time me and my daughter, we went down and we camped out the night before. Um, So, because my wife had was working on Saturdays, so she couldn't be there. But, you know, I remember we were getting close. Me and this other guy were power hiking in and, uh, we smelled, you know, you could start smelling hamburgers and food because they were doing some cooking out. Um, so we both kind of ran it in and, you know, it was just really awesome to finally felt like I was able to accomplish that. Um, and then me and my daughter just, we hung out for a little bit and packed up and spent the rest of, you know, we were going to sleep there than say camp two nights in a row but it was the like the hottest day in floor like the year and we were like yeah we want to get into air conditioning so let's just drive home <laughs> makes sense so what was your mindset going into your first hundred miler like i'd love to hear about how you felt the night before um race day morning and congratulations on finishing your first one because that is really impressive yeah, I w- so I was been training quite a bit in in like November. So my first hundred was this past January, um, and in November I had decided I was going to get hire a, a running coach. So I went with Matt Daniels. Um, actually, I heard it from it from the Training for Ultra podcast, and, um, and when I joined Patreon, I saw that you know what a uh, nice dude. Ro- yeah, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Um, so I, I kind of heard about his coaching program through Rob um, and decided I wanted to hire a coach, get kind of more structure in my training. Um, and within like two weeks of, you know, running with Matt, I, my company sent me over to the Philippines to do five weeks of training um, for some folks there. And <laughs> so big wrench. <laughs> yeah. Um, How'd that conversation with Matt go? (laughs) Like, hey, Matt, uh, can we tailor our plan to jungles? And I mean, were you able to to train at all? A little bit. So the first week was okay. I did. I think I did forty or fifty miles on the on the treadmill, and then it just kind of declined from there. Um, It was really tough. And running outside, especially where we were located, um, it was tough because. It was really nice area, but then you'd go like a quarter of a mile down the road, and it was like third world country. Um, yeah. So I ended up coming home at the end of like the week before uh, Christmas, and I ended up getting sick on the way home. So then I had like bronchitis and like a chest cold for two weeks. So I only ended up getting like two solid weeks of training in before the. Um, before my race, so I, I want I wa- wanted to be more confident, but I wasn't. Um, but lining up, I think you know I was as confident as I could be, knowing that I had put in a lot of training prior to my trip, and the week before, I think I put in like a ninety, I think it was like a ninety mile week. So I was feeling a little wow. bit, yeah, you know, a little bit more comfortable. I, I mean, um, I, even if your training plan, your training went absolutely perfect according to plan, and Matt was like, "You're gonna." potentially win this race like yeah no one goes into a 100 miler confident like and if you do you tend to have a massively bad race like yeah 100 100 milers uh yeah they remind you about the distance that's for sure yeah i learned a lot in that race actually um i had started off really well i think i hit like 50 miles in like eight eight and a half hours and i was like, oh, I'm killing it. I'm doing great. And then I hit like, I, I hit 65 miles. Like, I started slowing down then because um, it was like in the heat of the day. And I think I got to 65 miles with just under 12 hours. And, but then my feet, 
like I was not doing anything with my feet. So I ended up getting these huge blisters and it was just all downhill from there. And then I ended up walking like from mile 70 to mile hundred because I had like softball size blisters on my feet. Um, so it, that, you know, kind of let me down. Um, but I learned a lot about foot care and now, you know, changing socks and putting actually having good socks i was using like hanes um so i was not using no kidding. really good socks um so yeah that it, has to be a record know. in itself doing 50 miles yeah hanes yeah. <laughs> hanes wool blend or whatever the heck it is that's yeah, or so, cotton blend yeah so it was just it made some really poor choices with my f- foot care and then um so i learned a lot that way and then just also pacing myself a little bit better in the beginning um so i think the next hundred i do i think i'll have a much better experience how did the finish line of that hundred miler feel though it was awesome because my kids were able to run it in with me i ran in like the last half mile um but i saw my kids and it was just it was really cool i actually ran in one of the guys i was running the first you know 10 20 miles with um he was there and he was recording it and it was it was just really cool i mean it made me feel like i finally accomplished you know something um where i you know previously you know i just feel like my a lot a lot of portion of my life i would start things and not finish them and this was one of those things where i really felt a sense of accomplishment i mean so how, how walk me through the timeline here between when you started and ran that first like 5k and just finished your first hundred. So I think I did my first 5k was like August of 2018 or yeah, 2018. I did my my first 15 K in like March of 2019. Um, did my first 50 K in, I think it was June of 2019 um november i did i did um between the 50k and um november when i hired matt i ran a six-hour event that i and i did pretty well there and i ran my first 50 miler um and i actually won my 50 miler which was awesome you Um, won your 50 miler yeah oh my gosh (laughs) um that was so you're like it's a year in year and a half wow yeah the 50 miler was really cool it was actually in south florida um and it it was five loops of a 10 you know 10 miles each and three to four miles of each uh, loop was underwater up to like shin deep shin deep water um so that it was really it was crazy um but it was a lot of fun it was probably the most challenging race I'd ever done. And and so is your weight loss story giving you mentally like the just the correct way of perceiving things and having that throughout your race? Like you can look at, you know, running through mud for three miles is like no big deal because you're just so thankful to be running. Is yeah. that helping your performance? I would say, I mean, I, I'm just always so thankful to be like outside. That's one of the, I mean, as I'm running, I'm just thinking like two years ago, you could never have done this. Like just enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy that you get to the opportunity to live this lifestyle. Um, so it's just something that I'm constantly reminding myself, even through the hard patches, you know, when you're, you know, when you're feeling down, like when I ran my hundred mile, my wife was, Hey, you could stop at like mile 75. You could stop. You don't have to. And I said, you know, I don't want to stop. Even if I'm walking, I'm out here doing something that two years ago, this wasn't going to, this wasn't possible that I'd never would have thought I would be doing this. And so before we push on, do you still work with the same woman that's running five Ks? Yes, I do. I'm concerned for her. What what has her reactions been um, on those Mondays at the office? Uh, You know, we're not probably in the office still, but um, has has her mind been blown? Is she calling you crazy now? 
I, I think so. Um, Is I've she asked joining to, you? Like, I don't no, know. No, no. Actually, I've tried to get her to do the tw- uh, this last year. I did the 50k of the 25k that I ran, mm-hmm. um, the same race, and I tried to convince her to do it, and she wouldn't. She's oh. she 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 really enjoys the 5k distance, and uh, she's she's looking to do a half you know, marathon again, but she doesn't, she's not looking to do anything much further than that. And I assume you flash the belt buckles, her, her direction. So the light like (laughs) shines in her eyes and (laughs) just joking. She's clearly the sanest of the three of us though. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll make that clear. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you get then into last person standing format and how, like that is such a crazy mental game and just such a different um, animal to tackle. So I'd love to hear more about that. And and I see you're signed up for another one. Yeah, the same one. I'm really. I learned a lot about that race actually from that race. I just wanted to see. Being I wasn't really happy with my hundred mile finish. That one was pretty quick afterwards, and I said, "Yeah, I'm going to try to do this because if I can last 24 hours, I, I'll be good. To, I, I'll get on 100 miles." And it was the day was going really well. It was, I mean, I probably couldn't have asked for a better first 12 hours. Um, I was running really good. I felt great, and then right like at um, like the 11th, going into the 12th loop. Um, I just started thinking to myself, like, you're feeling great. You're feeling like nothing's hurting, really. You should kind of quit while you're ahead. Because at the time, I had some big races on my schedule. Um, I, and I didn't want to push it because I was using it as more also as a training run because I was signed up to do the Bad Water Salt and Sea. And I was, and that was like a month out. And I was like, don't risk that race because that race is like a kind of a, a goal race something like that's something i really really want to do where this is local so i pulled the plug at 50 miles just because i didn't you know i didn't want to push the limits i guess that day and then uh, i immediately regretted it i got we got in the car and started driving away and i immediately regretted it um but it that format is really it's interesting and intrigues me i want to go back and it, i signed up for it she opened up registration for the like the next year and I signed up for it like the day she opened it up because next year I'm gonna really try to push for it and go as long as I can that's awesome how far do you think you can get I think I can definitely do a hunt you know 24 I, nice. I it's just a matter of I made the mistake of I brought my sister to crew me and not my wife and my wife wouldn't have let me quit she would have probably encouraged me to stay in for a few more loops and then i probably would have just continued to do it um where my sister it was her first time she'd ever been to a race and she's like okay let's go because it was getting dark and a little bit cold and she's like i just want to go home i think the three of us need to put together a uh bad water team um that'd be awesome the three person bad water race um that'd be awesome uh, so recently, it seems like you had a pretty good race. I don't know. You seems like you signed up for this twelve-hour event. Tell tell the listener more about this because I had never heard of of the race. Like, where's it located? Um, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a Southern Discomfort. It's actually I I heard of it from the person I was supposed to run the Salton Sea with. She had done the six-hour event, um, and it's in Albany, Georgia, and it. It's, it was ridiculously hot. I think it was, you know, during the heat of the day, it was like 94, 95, but the, with the heat index, it was in, well into the hundreds. Um, and it's just a 12 hour event, see how many miles you can get in. And I was, had some goals going into it, how many miles I thought I could do. Um, and I got close. I, the week before, like literally, the Tuesday before the the race, um, I got up when for my afternoon my morning run, and I got back and I felt like a little twinge in my like groin hip area, and I was like, oh, that's I should be okay." I went for my afternoon run and kind of felt it a little bit more, and then the next morning I could hardly walk. Um, yeah, so I been there. I pulled I pulled something. I'm not sure what it was, and uh, Matt. I, 
didn't go running Wednesday. I figured I'll wait, kind of put it off. Matt was like, yeah, that was a smart decision. Don't push yourself. If you can go into the race a little bit better, you know, that's fine. And then I kind of just Saturday, I decided I was going to try to give it my all. Um, and then it was going, I, the pain was there. The, you know, I was having the hip problem the whole time, but I was able to kind of put it in the back of my mind. And then from like hour three, I was, I checked w- where I was and they're like, Oh, you're first place. Um, you have a two lap lead. And then I checked back a couple hours later and they were like, Oh, you have a five loop lead. And then from there it was like, how I'm not going to push as hard as I want to. Like I, if I had somebody closer, I think I would have pushed a little bit for harder. And then going in with like two hours left, they're like, you have a seven lap lead. Like you have well over an hour on everyone. So I just, the last hour and a half, I kind of just walked the, you know, I kept on just keep moving, but I didn't want to injure myself anymore. So I just, I walked in, I ended up finishing with like 53 miles. Um, I was hoping to get closer to 60. Um, but like I said, it was how it's like 95 out. You said, or yeah, it was, it was like with the heat index, like 103 or something. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, Miles, you can't count miles the same in that kind of heat. I learned that the hard way in Florida. Oh, yeah, that's what the the race director said. He's like, if you hit fifty here it's during this, like, that's like the equivalent of doing like sixty. So, totally. um, but I was. Go ahead. Uh, no, you can go. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, like I said, I was I was happy with the result. Super excited. Um, I wish I like, you know, I think I could have done better um, if I wasn't, you know, dealing with a little hip issue. But other than that. I'm I'm really st- excited about the finish. What I was just going to say is the other day I was feeling very poorly about my splits. And so I found a calculator online of heat index and oh. uh, thir- about 30 seconds a mile uh, slower in this kind of heat. So we can uh, pat ourselves on the back. A you got to, you got to send that to me. I did a 5k, I, I did 5k and it was like a hundred and I think it was 111 out. Um, and I was like, it literally, it felt harder than a 200 miler. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, yeah. my morning runs, I'll do like a 12 or, you know, 12, 13 miles in the morning. And then I'll go like, I cringe thinking about doing my four to five miler a night at, at night because it's going to be like twice as hot. I'm, I had a double yesterday and I, I was going, the morning run was fun. The afternoon runs horrible. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I I cringe thinking about them. Yeah, I mean, we'll just set aside the fact that you won the twelve hour race that you just did this weekend, um, <laughs> which is mind blowing. And if you want inspiration, just Google search Ray's name in Ultra Sign Up and look at the progression he's made. It's just unbelievable. Just, seriously, it's it's mind boggling. Um, how are you guys training in heat? Let's go there. I mean, it's it's hot out. We're all having trouble. Um, I, I just want to hear more about your training, Ray. Like, are you doing most of your runs? Because you're in Orlando, is that right? Or uh, St. Augustine. Say, okay. It's it's hot. I mean, are you doing most of your training early in the mornings? And, like, what kind of miles are you doing? What, what What's Matt have you doing here? Something's so, working. So, I... I I do pretty well with high mileage weeks. So when we're not tapering or recovering from races, I'm usually between 80 to a hundred miles a week. Um, I do most of my big, I do, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 miles in the morning. And then like two, I'll have Monday as a rest day. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I usually I'll have a double mixed in there where I'm doing four to five miles at night. And then my long runs, um, typically a back-to-back long run on the weekend, um, with Saturday being a little bit longer. But a bulk of my miles are done early in the day. And Alyssa, are you doing the same thing? Yeah, we don't really get to sleep in. (laughs) We want (laughs) to run. (laughs) What time do you get up in the morning? 
uh, depending on if it's like a 15 mile morning, then I'm up at like four in the morning and getting out the door by four twenty, four thirty, um, just so I can get back and then get ready for work, which the nice thing was with quarantine and working from home is I've been able to, you know, instead of getting up at three 30, I'm able to get up at like four, four fifteen sometimes, um, because I don't have a half hour, 40 minute mile commute to work. Uh, makes sense. Do you pay more attention to electrolytes and all of that um, right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm mostly hydration. Like, I'll, I, I drink a lot. First, I sweat a lot, so I drink a lot. So typically, if it's like a 14 mile run, I'll just bring a couple like a handheld, and then I'll. I wear a vest just because it's easier for me to put my cell phone and other things in there. Um, so I'll have another bottle with me. And, I'll, you know, if I have to, I'll stop it. I, where I'm running is kind of around my area. So there's a gas station I could stop at and get some, you know, if I need to refill any water or anything like that. Um, but for, like, long runs, I'm definitely bringing, like, electrolytes with me. Um, I actually use the hammer. Um, Enduro lights, yeah, yeah, the enduro lights. I think the extreme ones. Fizz work really well for me too. Like throw those in the bottle. Got to pay attention so your bottle doesn't explode. Um, (laughs) They're they're pretty they're overly fizzy, I would say, but they work well. Um, I I like hearing that you wear a vest all the time. I thought I was the only person who'd throw on a vest, no water bottles, and just put my cell phone in and maybe a gel. Yeah, there's. I mean, for me, it's really convenient. I, I don't. I've tried using the waist packs and uh, the one thing that goes around your arm to hold your cell phone, and like the waist ones just flop around, and I just can't. Can't. I've bought like three of them, and I can't find one that's comfortable. So, my, I just use. I have a one vest that I really like for you know, short runs, and just kind of a minimalistic. You know, very minimalistic. So. Nice. So. Are you on this weight loss journey where you want to be, or do you still feel like you have further to go? Um, Kind of walk us through that. I'm really curious, and you're such an inspiration to so many. Unbelievable. Thanks. Um, So I I would say I'll always struggle with weight loss. Um, It's always going to be a part of my life. Um, right now, I'm happy with what I weigh. Um, I'm right around 200 pounds. Um, usually, you know, I've, a couple weeks ago, I was right pretty a little bit lower. I was like around 192. Um, so uh, my my weight does fluctuate quite a bit with depending on like how active I am. Um, myself, like I said, with even with quarantine, I've kind of gained a couple of pounds because I'm literally sitting five feet from my kitchen. Um, so I just have to, you know, it's, you know, we're all it's a, struggling with that. It's, it's just yeah, struggle. it's something yeah. I struggle with and I just have to be very conscious of my portion sizes and then what I'm eating. So, um, you know, try to make smarter food choices, which is something in the past I had never done. Um, when I was big, you know, it wasn't unusual for me to stop at McDonald's and put, you know, eat, three double cheeseburgers and a large Coke and a large fry. Like, um, so not only was I very sedentary, I I had made a lot of really poor food choices. So, you know, it was not, I had to make quite an adjustment and now I try to eat, you know, relatively healthy and, but, and try to make better food choices. It's something I'll always have to struggle. Has has runner's world done any articles on you yet? No. Okay. Just checking. Make that um, happen. <laughs> seriously, uh, I mean, well, first of all, have you stopped at a fast food restaurant like in the past year, or is yeah. your body like repulsed? No, I'll have like. Um, I, Besides Taco very, Bell, that's not fast food. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> I don't eat a lot of fast food, but actually, this past weekend um, at the race, my wife and kids were really hungry um, because you know they were eating um then we didn't have that much food so uh they ended up getting doordash and having they she had mcdonald's delivered and she got an extra double cheeseburger and it just looked really good so i had half of a double cheeseburger like halfway through the race um but yeah you, typically i don't eat that much fast food i try to stay away from that when i can how's how's recovery for you like after you do a giant effort 
and you've gone you have this this uh strange like juxtaposition of like knowing what's healthy what's not but then your body after stupid long distances needs calories like it needs recovery as soon as possible so do you have trouble with that like is that not too bad. Okay. I mean, I eat a lot of, like, I'll eat a lot of, like, protein, like, eggs. Um, I can eat a lot, like, scrambled eggs. I can eat um, chicken, gra- like, ground beef. I can eat that stuff. So, um, I, I'll try to eat that, and it's not too bad. Are you- a lot of, I eat a lot of fruit. Okay, I was going to ask if you're, like, low-carb or, like, have any yeah, kind of special any- diet. I was going to ask that, too. <laughs> Yeah, I do a lot better with not eating a lot of carbs, um, like processed carbs, um, like fruit and stuff. I, I'll eat as much as I can, um, but I try to stay away from like bread and things of that nature. Grapes and watermelon during races, guys. I'm telling oh, you, the best. it's magic. Yes. It really is. Alyssa, what do you have? After races or during? Uh, both. Um, during races... First of all, I'm not very good at eating, <laughs> uh, but yeah, watermelon, salted potatoes. Um, in Italy, I got really into cheese and dark chocolate and then banana all in one big handful in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdest combination. Um, but yeah, uh, I would be a fruititarian if it <laughs> was possible, but I can't. Oh, well, let's, um, let's not go down that avenue. Yeah, that, we'll not go down that <laughs> Uh, but yes, after oh, fruit is the best. Smoothies and uh, like smoothie bowls are are my absolute favorite. So I promised myself a, a large pizza after a two hundred miler or a hundred miler. That's like I try to stay away from pizza as much as possible, but that's like my treat to myself. You know, it's the rarity because that's where I got really carried away over the years was. You pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, yeah, for me during during the race, I'll sneak a few of the golden Oreos. They, I don't know. They settle my stomach for some reason. It's weird. It's a mental um, thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like That's a awesome. comfort food. Yeah. Um, but then, if I am gonna have a pizza or any pizza, like a little bit of it, I'll usually have like the cauliflower crust pizza. Those are good. To. Those are I'm getting really good. That. I'm gluten free, so that's that's about where I'm at. <laughs> Those Oprah run, Oprah. Oh, I can't talk. Oprah ones are dangerous. Don't don't try those. Don't try those. <laughs> so Ray, what are your like? What is, what are your bucket list races? What are your your big goals moving forward? Love to hear uh, that. So I, I'm signed up for Havelina, and I've nice. I've wanted to do that race since like I started running. Um, ultras actually remember watching uh, chris mako's video on that um i just was like that looks (laughs) like this just looks awesome um even though it looked like he had a rough time at that race um but i really so that's coming up hopefully it doesn't get canceled um i have um i'd like to do bad water um one of those you know the series of their their races um not necessarily the 135 i don't know Maybe one day we'll dip into that if I can. But, um, but yeah, definitely. And then there's a couple other, like the Yeti 100 I'd like to do. Um, that looks fun. And, and I'm really fortunate now that the r- race that I did, um, the 100 mile that I did here in Florida, it's called the Long Haul. It's now a Western States qualifier. Nice. Um, so I'll be doing that every year to hopefully one one day get yeah. into States. Yeah. And, it's It'll like be like a, a ten ten time yeah. process, but yeah, at this point, especially with this year missing, it's ha- like Havelina looks. It's deceiving. Like having been there, it's hard because it's loops, and you you see your crew or whoever every I don't know fifteen twenty miles, and it gets hot. There's no shade at all, which I'm sure you're totally used to in Florida, but. Man, when you come in after the third loop, it, it's hard to get out for that fourth one. And yeah, it it's so easy to just say, you know what, I've had enough and not push where any other race, like a run rabbit run or anything, like you're out in the middle of nowhere. They're like, 
it'll take like seven hours for someone to come get you in a car. So you like naturally are kind of like, okay, I need to get out of this aid station. Havelina's like, yeah, you know, your your crew and car are like right there, ready to go. Yeah, it's actually, too easy going, to drop. I, this year, um, if it doesn't get canceled, I'm going by myself. I decided it's I was kind of a good option. Yeah, not going to bring my wife. You, normally, she does a really good job of crewing me, but I'm decided it was going to try to go about it myself. So, if you were talking to someone who was where you were um, at the start of all of this, what advice would you give them? Just to, it's tough. Um, I would say that it's possible um, not to give up hope, but I think. And something I kind of realize is it's something that they're going to have to come to the conclusion themselves that they want to make the change. That no matter, you know, their par- the family, everybody could want them to lose weight, but they're going to have to want to make that change. Um, but once they do, just to, it's going to, it's not a, it took them years to get that big. So it's not going to happen overnight where you're going to lose all the weight tomorrow it's going to take it's going to be a process it's going to take time and to be patient um and just kind of hang in there and and if you make a bad food choice and you have a bad day or a bad week that's okay um just remember that you you know you got to get back on the the horse and you have to get back to making those good choices that's awesome thank you for sharing that yeah that's that's unbelievable i mean ray how how did it feel when you won your 12 hour race recently? Like, you know, that's to win any race after being 509 pounds is unbelievable. And sounds like you've done it a few times. Um, this 12 hour push sounded extreme. It's in the heat. Like emotionally, how did it feel? Like, like what were you thinking? Were you were you so exhausted that you couldn't register it, or no? I mean, for me, I, I think I, all of them are really special, and it makes me, you know, kind of reminds me that you you know if you put your mind to it, that you can really accomplish more than anybody you know thinks you can, um, and that as long as you believe in yourself and you put in the work and you really tr- give it a, give it your all you know, eventually you're going to see results. Um, it may not be the, the the result you wanted, but you're going to see it, you know, a result that is, you know, you can be happy with and be satisfied with. I mean, my last question, and, and this has been unbelievable. I appreciate all your time, Ray is, Oh, please don't have a, a mental fart here. Um, this is I'm where I, you, Rob. this is where, this is where I edit sometimes. Um, focus, focus, focus. Um, oh my gosh, I had it and then I lost is it, it. Is it the toe socks or no toe socks? Yeah, it, yeah. I, actually, I one. I did want to hear about your gear. It looked like you're doing hokas, probably because uh, a lot of the Florida running and. Uh, actually, so I use uh, I got a pair of the Rincons, and I like them for kind of shorter distance. They're pretty versatile, but a bulk and kind of like my workhorse shoe is Adidas Ultra Boosts. Okay. Uh, my wife, um, it's like the they're heavier than most running shoes, and I don't know why I love them, but my wife got me a pair like two Christmases ago, and since then I just. I, they kind of keep my feet and my legs feeling good. So I put a bulk of my miles in those and then I've picked up a couple of like the Hoka's just to kind of sprinkle in something different every now and again. That's, that's awesome. And then, yeah, most importantly, uh, toe socks or no toe socks or, or Hanes. <laughs> Please no Hanes. <laughs> no, no, no more Hanes. Uh, for the most part, I, I do have a couple of pairs of in- in um, and I use them kind of strategically if i feel like i'm getting a blister um but for the i use dry max socks a good portion of the time um that aren't toe socks and calf sleeves like compression gear at all or i mean yeah i do i do have a pair of calf sleeves that i wear um i probably won't need to get some new ones but yeah i wear whenever i'm doing a longer effort i'm i'm wearing calf sleeves when i run what kind of vest vest or i mean it sounds like vest most of the time 
Yes. So for my daily vests, I have an and I have to replace it because the pockets have started ripping. Um, I have an Ultra Spire um, Alpha 3.0, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then for my longer races, um, like when I did my hundred, um, I did. I had a Ultimate Direction. Uh, I forget which version of theirs. And then I tried. I bought a Solomon vest like a couple months ago at the beginning of quarantine and literally the first time i wore it the pocket ripped on it so and then they replaced it and the next the next pack i got was from the same match and the pocket that is i don't know what that sound is oh that is i'm i apologize there they're weed whacking. They're, They're weed whacking. Yep. Oh are. my gosh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. Downsides of living. I was gonna say instead of favorite beer, favorite goo flavor. Since you, know I wanted so to know. Many. Yeah, I wanted to hear what kind of gel you're eating. Yeah. So I primarily. I don't, I shouldn't say this, but so I'm a honey stinger ambassador, and I like their gels, but I don't eat them all the time um i do my favorite uh is the goo the s'mores flavor it's all good i totally I'm... get that go ahead because i mean honey stinger i also run for them and they're awesome um but sometimes you gotta change up the flavor a bit <laughs> yes yes uh, you weed whacker guy it's killing me yeah i'm I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that Cody? No, no. Okay. We we live in an apartment complex and they're just you know, weed whacking at five fifteen on a Friday night. <laughs> um no, but what I was gonna say about Honey Stinger is I distinctly remember some giant climbs during CCC and I was I was taking down I think it was like a chocolate mint wafer. Since Hammer doesn't make wafers, there's no I, I'm allowed to say that, but uh, yeah, I was taking down some serious wafers out in Chamonix. Oh yeah, um, those are those are good to like change it up for your stomach They're, a little bit. Yeah, I love their waffles. Those things are those are great. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, I mean, I I still can't come up with my original question that I was thinking about, especially now that we have a weed whacker. Um, I moved into the bathroom. So. <laughs> um. I mean, what what last words of wisdom do you have? Just having been through so much in such a compressed amount of time, like I feel like I jumped the gun on my hundred mile effort, and then I look at what you've done, and it's just unbelievable. And I'm so thankful to have have heard about your story through the Patreon crew, and then and now to actually have seen. I think it was on Facebook your announcement that you won the race. I was just like, wow, I have to hear more about this. Like what, what last words of wisdom do you have for, for all of us? We can all learn something from you, Ray. So, I mean, I think you say it all the time is enjoy your training, but I think not only your training, just enjoy life. Try, you know, try to get out there and do things, challenge yourself to new things. Um, you know, especially if if you're capable of running and being outdoors like you should really try to enjoy that and you know appreciate the fact that not everybody can or you know they're just not in the right mental space to to put in the effort to get out there um so you know i think being appreciative of what you can do and challenging yourself to do new things is always something you should try to strive to do i mean it's an unbelievable I mean, I love your perspective on not only running, but life. Where can we follow you and hear more on social media? Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's just my name, uh, Ray underscore Simons, I believe. Yeah, Ray underscore Simons, uh, S-Y-M-O-N-D-S. Um, and then I'm prime, you know, I'm on Strava under the same name, Ray Simons. Don't follow him on Strava. You'll feel bad. You'll feel bad. <laughs> you're you're uh, crushing this- it, man. <laughs> This week, I'm going to probably end up with a big fat zero because of my leg, but um, hopefully I'll get back to it early next week. You'll be back. Thank you so much for taking your time tonight. Thank you, Ray. No problem. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Rob. It's been a privilege and honored. Big shout out to the sponsors, Hammer Nutrition, ExoSkin, 
Kogala, Destination Trail, and you Patreon supporters. Have a great week. Don't forget to enjoy your training. See ya.